lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. Welcome to it. How in the world are you? Good to see you. You look great today. I mean that. I don't care what they say. You look great. I know. I know. I don't because I'm not Steve Dace. I got it. He and the crew are off on a cruise or they're partying or something. I don't know where they went. They had some gathering they had to get to. And uh, they'll be back tomorrow. So you can, you know, you can relax. I'm just going to, you know, fill some time for Steve and the crew today here on Blaze Television and Radio Network. My name? Why, it's Jeff Fisher. I normally do Chewing the Fat daily, the podcast, here on the Blaze Podcast Network. And I also am a part of Pat Gray Unleashed as well, for those of you that don't know that. Um, you can, you know, we can go, we'll go down the list of everything that you can follow and subscribe. But uh, just know, just off the top of my head, I'm thinking, you know, I'm not big on math. And, you know, so, you know, I'm, I'm, the numbers may be off, but I'm guessing this is somewhere around day 162. Of the 15 days to slow the spread. So how are we doing on that? We Is it, is it slowed? Because it doesn't feel like it's slowed. And it's more important to feel things than to actually know things in today's world. Now, I will say that uh, for those of you out there that were having trouble getting onto your Zoom meetings today, we just, you know, it's breaking news, but uh, Zoom users are reporting significant outages that are preventing people from joining or creating meetings. So... This is your out today. If you're supposed to have a Zoom meeting coming up, you can cancel it. Just say, whew, man, couldn't connect. Sorry, having trouble. It's down. Maybe tomorrow. See you later. So Zoom is, uh, that Zoom is you know, of course, on the issue, and they'll be addressing that problem as the day progresses. We also have, you know, it's hurricane season, June 1st through November 30th. And right now we are in the window of when they peak. And so we have two storms, two storms in the Gulf of Mexico uh, as we speak. And they are uh, Laura and Marco. And I know that for, you know, over the weekend, everyone was worried about the Fujiwara effect. You don't want to, you don't want to mess with the Fujiwara effect where two storms become, you know, a super storm. But that's not going to happen. It looks as though. Uh, if you look at the latest advisory, I have the green screen behind me. Oh, no, I don't. Well, I'll show you on the screen anyway. For those of you watching on Blaze TV, you can see that uh, uh, it looks as though we have uh, Marco just kind of being pushed aside from Laura. And they're both tropical storms right now. You can see uh, uh, Marco's getting ready to uh, uh, make landfall. And Laura is coming up. She looks like she's going to be turned into a hurricane and come up the coast. And you can see, if you look at the cone of death surrounding the hurricanes, Marco looks like, well, we're seeing Laura now. Laura's going to come up right behind Marco. Marco is just being pushed off to the side. They always want to, you know, turn right. That's their, that's their main goal. Marco, uh, not so much. Marco is just uh, going to make landfall. He's going to tear up the coast. He's been pushed farther and farther west every time uh, we get an advisory, and he's just going to come along and tear up the coast and head into Texas after landfall. And, you know, maybe if you live in that neck of the woods, you're going to get some rain. But coming right on the heels of Marco, uh, you have Laura pushing through almost the same area, but turning right. So you're going to rip up that same land on the coast. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be pretty. So if you're in anywhere within that cone of death on any of the hurricanes, uh, or tropical storms, Marco and Laura 
as they are listed right now, uh, I would be prepared, no question, be ready for that because uh, it's going to do some damage. And I'm sure, you know, there'll be, if you're going to need help, of course, you can go to mercuryone.org and and find out what they're doing for you because uh, it's not going to be pretty. And those two storms, if you're not prepared, uh, it might not be a good thing. You should probably be prepared, especially uh, right now. Uh, duh. So we have, and look, the uh, the Fujiwara effect only happened once uh, in uh, 1933. And those two storms, if you look at the map that they showed from 1933, you can see the Fujiwara effect, but the uh, and one you know hit Brownsville and then one hit uh, Cedar Key, but the first one came right across Florida and then circled back into Cedar Key, and you can see what a difference time makes as we can uh, see the uh, the map from 1933. Uh, I don't know about you, but the map from today's world looks a lot better than that. But we're not that's not happening with these two. Is just that Laura is, of course, you know, the female just. Pushing the mail out of the way, move it. I got it. Don't worry about it. Uh, we'll take care of it. Did you just you just go laugh like you don't want to do? You just do what you're told, and I'll take care of it. So just be careful. That's all I'm saying. Be careful if you're in within the cone of death for those two storms. Now, not only do we have storms happening, we have New York. Uh, we have people in New York uh, protesting still. We have uh, one lady who is defacing the BLM mural for the third time, arrested for the third time for defacing that mural. We won't, that won't stand. That will not stand. You can deface other things. You can break down other things, but not the BLM mural. That can't happen. And still struggling in New York. I mean, you've seen the pictures. Everybody's worried about New York, and you think to yourself, well, why do I care about New York? Well... You know, it's kind of like the hub of the world and always has been for quite some time. And if New York is going to struggle, the rest of the country may struggle right behind New York as well. But then you think, well, maybe not. Maybe in today's world, we don't need New York. And that was the whole point behind uh, the article from James Altucher last week, right? Maybe you don't need it. Is it ever going to come back? Doubtful. And maybe you don't need it. There's a lot of people that disagree with that. (laughs) Jerry Seinfeld to be one. Uh, he doesn't uh, he doesn't agree with that plan at all. So we'll see what actually happens. And, and what city are you going to move to? You're going to go to Chicago. Had what fifty two shot, five fatally over the weekend. A little bit less than last weekend. They had sixty four. You going to move there? You going to move to Portland? I mean, we saw in Portland, we saw rioters threatening homes. Uh, they're out in the streets talking about stolen land and stolen people. In fact, we have some we have some footage from Portland where they were flag burning. Uh, they're burning the American flag, but really what they're doing is they're burning the flag on the guillotine in the streets. They're just dragging the guillotine right behind them, and then they're just stopping, and we're just going to start a fire, and we're just going to burn the flags right there on the streets. And it looks like they're having fun. It looks like a party time. In Portland, that is for sure. Uh, are we are we able to show that? Uh, I believe it's number four on my list, uh, where the they have uh, they have the parties going on in Portland. It's just ugly. My question: This is the police precinct on fire, and then we have the we have the guillotine where the fans. I say fans, the fans of the guillotine and the flags, uh, just burning flags on the guillotine. 
And everybody's saying, hey, look at them burning flags and what a horrible thing. Well, yeah, it is. And, you know, it's, it is. But my question is, yeah, we know. I know. Black Lives Matter. I know. I know. I know. Black Lives Matter. And we're going to throw, we're going to burn the police department down too. I get it. And they're just cheer and we'll just praise the fire on the guillotine. But really, the question is, how long before they actually use the guillotine? When do we, when does that happen? And if that happens, do the police just back down? Are we just going to let it happen? They're going to drag somebody out of their house and use it? The first person that, that says, no, get off my property? The first person that tries to come home after work, if there is such a thing anymore, uh, what happens then? I, you know, I don't want them to use it, obviously, and it's not, I don't, you know, they, I want the police to come in and, and get rid of it, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. And Portland is, uh, you know, on fire, right? This is day eight billion of protests and riots going on. And then, of course, we got the news that um, Kenosha, Wisconsin was uh, on fire. And um Why? Because of the police shooting. Now, I watched that police shooting, and I don't need to show you that video. I'll show you some of the rioting video that's going on in in Kenosha in just a second. But I watched the police video, and you can see, well, if you see this footage here from Kenosha, they find rubble, concrete rubble, and the protesters are going to start throwing bricks and rocks, and they're going to, you know, of course, it's destroy time. It's overwhelming destroy time, and it's because... We deserve to do what we want to do, and we're going to just destroy. And they're angry, and they're upset because a police officer shot a black man. And even everyone's fitting into the narrative behind this. It's just ugly. It's just ugly. The, the destroy mentality, I just, I, I don't understand. But... It's happening, and it's happening all over America. Now, we, if you saw the footage of the, of the, the man, uh, Jacob Blake, who got shot, he got shot seven times. Um, and the narrative gets skewed a little bit when you have the governor of Wisconsin who identified the man, and he said the governor said he is not the first black man or person to have been shot or injured or mercilessly killed at the hands of individuals in law enforcement. Thank you, governor. Appreciate it for you, you know, just stoking the fires up just a little bit. Now, Blake was hospitalized. Uh, I have not seen a report. As far as I know, he's still alive and in serious condition. So uh, if that has changed, uh, you know, I'll let you know. But uh, that's what started the fires now, or the the protests, riots, um, in Winosha, Wisconsin. The footage is really, really. It's hard to watch because here's this man who is walking away from police officers who have their weapons drawn. And he doesn't stop. He's not following the police 
commands, and he goes to get into his car, lean into his car. It doesn't appear as though he's getting into his car. It appears as though he's leaning into it to grab something. And that's when the officer fires seven times and, you know, obviously shoots him. And the man is in serious condition. And there looks like what, who is his wife, we'll say, jumping up and down, screaming, no, no, no. Uh, apparently there were, it was a child in the back. That's where he was coming from before. Now there's, we're being told that he had a warrant against him, and that's why they were stopping, because it was a dispute that the police were called to and that this particular Jacob had a warrant for his arrest. And, I mean, I don't know. Other than, you know, the police trying to pull him down, which they did, and he continued to walk away from them and disregard their commands, I just, I I don't know. The narrative gets so skewed. You know, when you look at headlines from, uh, say, TMZ, who gives you the headline uh, that show the thing, white cops shoot unharmed black man seven times, point blank. Well, we don't know he was unarmed when he came around. We don't know that he wasn't reaching for a weapon in the car. The police officers don't know that or do know that. They saw the weapon. But I don't know. Um, it just, and with the governor stoking the fires like that, it just really seems horrific. And I don't, I don't wish this on anyone, but I'm not sure when everything is said and done, that the police were wrong. We can make that argument. 888-900-3393 is the phone number if you want to participate in the show today. Jeff Fisher sitting in for Steve Dace. You can give us a call if you want to talk about it. It just seems like, uh, you know, the the stoking of hatred and, and destroy is becoming more and more. And the argument is, I mean, it. When does it stop? When are we going to have to? When are we going to make it stop? Are we going to make it stop? Will there be a battle to make it stop? I think there will be. I think. I think we're. I think that happens after the election. Maybe not before. I think it kind of uh, stays where it's at now. I don't know that it gets any bigger than where it's at right now but continues throughout the election and then once the election happens and you know the question is well if trump wins how bad is it going to get if biden wins how bad is it going to get i after the election it doesn't work to anyone's advantage or disadvantage to have this happen and people are going to start saying we want our neighborhoods back we want our downtowns back you're going into the suburbs, that's not going to end well. Uh, whether you're a, on the left or the right, you like your homes. You like to feel safe in your homes. That's the American dream, the man's castle. The home is your castle. You want that. That's where you want your family to feel safe. And I just feel like once it doesn't work to anyone's advantage to have the riots and the protests and people dragging guillotines in the streets and uh, maybe even using it or wanting to use it, once that happens, um, (laughs) it's going to be shut down. 
both from the left and the right. I mean, police have to be used. Look, we had the in Winosha last night, they had uh, a police officer get hit with a brick, right? Those people that picked up the concrete slabs and the bricks that were throwing them at buildings, they also threw them at police officers. And the police officers are there in their normal, you know, police uniforms. And you ask yourself, I wonder why, I wonder why police need riot gear. That's just so darn weird that police need riot gear. Huh. And yet, when they're out on the streets without their riot gear, what happens? They get bricks thrown at their head. It's just just incredible to me and it's going to have to it's going to have to stop and I, I feel like we're going to let it happen and continue through the election which is a another whole nightmare in and of itself but after that um it's got to stop right i mean we're heading into the holidays it's going to be it doesn't work to anyone's advantage and you're just going to have to shut it down whether you're on the left or the right. I mean, we're, we've got the Chicago mayor. Right? I mean, what's good for, for, for you is not good for me. All right? You want to protest and you want to go into other people's neighborhoods, that's fine. But we have the Chicago mayor, you know, Lori Lightfoot. Oh, no, 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 no. Hey. No, I'm all for you protesters. <laughs> I love you guys. No. Seriously, keep up the fight. Black Lives Matter. But not in my neighborhood. Not in my neighborhood. Uh, my family's safety is first and foremost. And we've been threatened before. And security is is just the at, at the forefront for my family and me. And you can't come down my street and protest. I don't even want you in my neighborhood. Okay? Uh, if I could block off the entire... You know, six block radius around my home, I would. But right now, just my street. Uh, I have police there 24-7. You get out. Go protest somewhere else. Go there. Yes, I love you guys. Go <laughs> go, go protest there. As that happened in Seattle. Right? We're all for the protesters until they're standing on the mayor's front lawn. And then it's like, oh, no, you know what? It's time to shut this jazz thing down. Uh, these people are showing up at my house. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm still. I I love you guys. <laughs> I'm all for you. I mean it. I oh you out there with the guillotines and the bricks and I love you. You are <laughs> you are the top of the world. I mean, just not. It's not in my neighborhood. Don't no. Do not do anything in my neighborhood. Okay, because. I like my house, and I like my stuff, and I don't want you to do anything in my neighborhood. But other than that, other than that, you're fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, don't you worry about it at all. You silly. <laughs> you people are just silly. Oh, Anyway, and look. Welcome to the Steve Day Show. I see, is, is it a call that, is, that we have? Because I really I cannot see. Uh, who is on the line so if if we do have a call put them up and if we don't then tell me in my ear no fat man we don't have a call go away because i cannot see who's there 
Okay, so right now we don't have a call. So I will say this. All right, I'll get to the calls if if it stays on the board. I just I can't see the screen the way it is now. I'm blind, is what it is. Even with my glasses, I'm blind. I can't read words that far away, that small. I mean, I just a e. I can't do it. Can we go up to the next line? Hello. Can we go up to the next line? No, it's not there. The doc is just saying that's the only line we have, and if you can't read that, you're blind. Get over it. So that's where we're at. That's where we're at with that. No problem. I got you. I got you. So I'll give the 888-900-3393 as the phone number, but if you show up on the phone screen board, just know you're going to have to tell me who you are. All right, we'll just, hey, you know, we can just take the calls on, on screen. We'll just take them live. Go. You're on the air. Go. All right, is this one ready to go? No? Okay. Then, you know what? I, I'm done. I'm done fooling around with the phones. All right. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffyJFR. You can follow me on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Parlor at Jeff Fisher Radio. You can uh, subscribe to my podcast, Chewing the Fat. Uh, very, it, look, if you subscribe to Steve Dace's podcast, or if you're a member of Blaze TV, uh, then you should subscribe to Chewing the Fat as well. Just choose whatever little platform warms your heart. I, you know, iTunes, Spotify. Sure, there's a few more out there. iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and there's a bunch more out there. <laughs> uh, so many of them, I can't even mention them. But choose, you know, one that warms a little inside of your heart. And then subscribe. And the podcast, my podcast, is free. I know. I know. Those of you watching on Blaze TV, our Blaze TV subscribers and members, thank you. Thank you. That helps keep my podcast free, and we appreciate it. And it keeps more voices on the air instead of silencing voices, which is what we need. So if you'd like to do that and you haven't done that, go to blazetv.com slash. I'm guessing Steve will get you a discount. If you go to blazetv.com slash Jeffy, that will get you a discount as well. So either one. You know, I would try either one of them. Whichever one is the best, probably going to be Steve. Uh, whichever one is gets you the biggest discount, use that one. But you, know, you can use either one, Steve or Jeffy. Okay? And uh, I appreciate it very much. Now, you, one of the things you can be sure of is that come election day, uh, we might get shut down no matter what. Right, because uh, they, we might not have a choice. The peaceful protests may get shut down because NASA says we got an asteroid headed our way. <laughs> uh, it's going to hit us right before Election Day, which is kind of a surprise because the last asteroid that came by, they didn't even see. That one whizzed by us. I mean, just it was like right by us, within 2,000 miles of the planet. And it whizzed by us, and NASA went, hey, what was that? It was like we were sitting on our porch, and a little bug flies by your face. That was NASA. We, NASA was us sitting on the porch, the asteroid, right by us. They didn't even know it. Hey, what was that? There's bugs out here? Yeah. Yeah, there's bugs out here. And I know. I know. I've, you know, I've, I've quoted the documentary Armageddon time and time again. And I believe, you know, look, they can't track everything. It's a, to quote the documentary, begging your pardon, sir, it's a big-ass guy. I know that. I get it. 
I get it. But this one, according to NASA, could could hit the Earth. It's doubtful. It's doubtful. Uh, it's very small. It's only, you know, the size of, you know, the ones that are hitting now are the size of basketballs and Volkswagens. So this could be very small. Asteroid 2018 VP1. And so if it were to enter the atmosphere, probably going to disintegrate. You don't have to worry about it. It's just, we're just letting you know. Since we missed the last one, we wanted to let you know this. We've got this one in our sights. We know it's coming down for you. Okay? So it's possible that we get hit by an asteroid uh, before the election, which wouldn't be a surprise considering, you know, what else has happened in 2020. In the next half hour, I want to talk a little bit about masks and where we're at in the world of masks. I have a theory that uh, I want to see if it actually makes sense. So I contacted a, an actual person who has a bunch of letters after his name, a doc, a psychiatry doc, and some kind of – he's got a, he's got a more letters than, than he knows what to do with, to be honest with you. But I'm going to talk to him and see if my theory is, is right – on what could possibly happen uh, with this mask thing. And it seems like we're headed in a in a very weird place with these mask things. And, I, you know, I'll get into it next half hour, no problem. I just, I just have had just about, a, just about enough with the, the mandates from the masks. I really have. Another thing that we can be safe about, though, as long as we're on things that are keeping us safe. Uh <laughs> Because NASA's keeping us safe. They're watching out for asteroids. Some of them comes to mind. But that one went by. didn't even hit us. So I don't even worry about it. But thankfully, we have social media accounts, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. And we have websites, you know, that are selling stuff. Like, let's say Amazon that is looking out. They're looking out for us. They're making sure that we don't have to decide what we like and what we don't like and what's bad and what's good. They're going to decide for us. And I I want to thank them for that. I want to thank them for that. Now, Amazon has pulled down a T-shirt that is, well, it's horrific. I don't even know if I really want to show it, but I'll show it to you here in a moment. It's uh, the T-shirts, tank tops, hoodies, and sweatshirts. They, uh, according to Amazon, it's a smear campaign. I would say it's just a funny T-shirt, but hey, that's just me. I'm not Amazon. I'm not out. I'm not looking out for you, the little person who can't make up their own mind. So the T-shirt is Joe and the Ho vote no. 2020. <laughs> so see what I mean? It's just funny. And then, then I, who am I? I'm not Amazon. Uh, it's just not funny. They're trying to, according to Amazon, they're suppressing the vote with Joe and the hoe vote no. Now, maybe if they just took off the vote no, maybe if it was just, you know, what if it was Joe and the hoe 2020? Would they, would that still come down? I, I mean, you, you're telling people to vote. If it just takes no off, it says Joe and the Ho vote 2020. I mean, now you're just asking people to vote, right? Now, I mean, it's not saying vote no. It's just asking people to vote. See, that's where I think you're at. 
Just Joe and the Joe and the O vote twenty twenty. <laughs> well, if it's just Joe and the Ho is the right price. Something like that. I don't know. I don't know. But thankfully, thankfully Amazon is watching out for us. And so is 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 the rest of social media. I mean Twitter tagged one of President Trump's tweets again that was saying stuff that you know they thought and like I said they're watching out for us so we don't have to think for ourselves. They and I appreciate it. I don't want them to let us think for ourselves. I want them to let us know what's right, what's wrong and what we should be thinking. And they're doing that. And they're doing that and I I really appreciate it. I want the, I don't want to have to think. Oh, man. Uh, what little bit of thinking I do. I don't want to have to do that either. I want them just to tell me. And we are we are there. We are really, really there. And if you look around with the uh, mask mandates, it's an interesting little test of what's going on in the world, isn't it? And the vaccine's not even here yet. But the masks are. And we'll talk about that in mere moments here on Steve Dace. Jeff Fisher sitting in for the Steve Dace program here on Blaze Television and Radio Network. Well, kind of. I mean, it's the Steve Dace program, show, but... uh, Got Jeff Fisher sitting in for him today. Thank you so much for coming along for the ride. Steve, uh, I'm guessing we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, he's going to be back. They had some uh, gathering that they were all going to go to and party and and show up at. I guess, I, if my understanding is correct, um, Aaron was having a reception for his wedding. Now, he got married pre-pandemic. But since they couldn't do a gathering then, I mean, it's going to be impossible to do a gathering when you get married. People don't know how to do that. So what you do is you get married and then you have a gathering later down the road because people know how to do that. And people are excited about that and they're happy to do that. Well, that's what happened. But they couldn't do it until now since the lockdown. I mean, maybe this was planned back. I don't know. But he'll be back. You can let them tell you about it. You know, good congratulations to Aaron for getting married. I mean, I hope this one works out for you. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Anyway, eight 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 nine zero zero thirty three ninety three is the phone number. Uh, you can uh, you can follow me at Jeffy JFR on Twitter, uh, Jeff Fisher Radio on Instagram, Facebook, and Parlor. Uh, you can subscribe to my podcast, my daily podcast, Chewing the Fat on any platform that you wish to use. And you can, you know, obviously follow Steve Dace as well, since this is his program on the Blaze Television and Radio Network. So I I got to thinking, which is a you know, I know, believe me, I know it's an issue in and of itself. But uh, you know, I keep hearing wearing masks save lives. And then you read well whale uh, they really don't do everything that we said they could do. Sure, we told you before that it didn't matter if you were wearing masks, but now it was important that you wear a mask. 
And okay, so now a certain kind of mask is really better than all the other masks. So those masks that you're getting from uh, Etsy really don't work. They look cute, but it doesn't matter because you're wearing a mask. So I, and you hear of people battling uh, other people who are not wearing masks, right? You go out into public and you're not wearing masks and you get the, why aren't you wearing a mask? Mask save lives, why do you hate people? But I, I, I can't wear a mask, right? I don't care! Put on a mask! And you find out, well, the store says that if I have a medical condition, I don't have to. I don't care! I don't care! Nobody has a medical condition! Wear a mask! You want me to die! But you're wearing a mask. No, you aren't! It's just incredible to me. So we're following the rules, right? I mean, it's been mandated on high from all that is holy. Everyone wears a mask. The states have said everyone wears a mask. In fact, American companies, which some of them have turned around, thankfully. Walmart, bless your heart. You turned around a little bit. I know the people haven't. A lot of the people are still, they don't have a mask on! I know that. But for the most part, in the beginning, I had to hear, well, it's, it's, this is America, and the companies can do what they want. They get to say that. It's their company. If they've decided that you have to wear a mask in their business to do business, then that's what they have to do. Instead of the companies that are here in America saying, hey, this is America, you decide. We think you should wear a mask. We make employees wear a mask. But if you don't want to wear a mask, don't go ahead. Don't wear a mask. But because they started out with everyone wears a mask, now we have, why aren't you wearing a mask? You want people to die. Well, I sent, I got to thinking and I, I went out with my wife and I, I started driving around and I wanted to see if people were actually following, you know, mask orders. And as I'm going to have them scroll through a bunch of pictures, we went out and we just drove around to different stores all over the area and people are wearing masks, man. They are following the rules, workers and regular people following the rules and they're wearing them. You know, are they wearing the proper mask? Some of them, yes. Some of them, no. I mean, you can't get on an airplane without a mask. You can't even. Most airlines will say, "Well, you, if you have a medical condition, prove it." Are you probably going to miss your flight? And if you can't prove it well enough, eh, you know, good luck, God bless. But uh, you know, you got to wear a mask. And most people have decided that they're going to follow the rules. Now, I have a feel, my theory is now, that not only do we have people, you know, following the rules and it's safety and it's for your, you know, to save people. We're getting reports that now it's, well, it's the mask is, is okay, it's not okay, so on. But I think, my theory is, is that we're, it's kind of like Stockholm Syndrome. Uh, you know, that psychological response when hostages or abuse victims, this is what the, the actual syndrome is, bond with their captors or abusers. And the psychological connection develops over the course of days, weeks, months, or even years of captivity or abuse. That's what I think is happening with the mask. It's like Stockholm Syndrome. Uh, now, if you don't wear a mask, if you step out of your house 
I mean, if you step out of your house and you're not wearing a mask, somebody, a drone will come and just shoot you dead. I mean, we're close to that. A drone, you just fly up. Is he out of his house? He's not wearing a mask. Gone. He just dropped dead. People just come by and pick you up. Oh, he wasn't wearing a mask. Oh, well. We'll throw him in the back of the truck. So with this syndrome, hostages or the abuse victims, they come to sympathize with their captives. All right, so now we have people sympathizing with the CDC and the government. We've got to wear a mask. You have to wear your mask. Why aren't you wearing a mask? We're there. And, of course, over time, some of the victims come to develop positive feelings toward their captors. It's important to wear a mask. You can't leave your house without wearing a mask. You have to, in fact, now you have to be in your house and wear a mask. Okay? It's a, it's a fact. They want you to wear the mask in your house. They want you to wear your mask when you leave your house. If you want people to use, I see people in their cars wearing a mask. And I want to say, why are you wearing a mask? Why? But no, I don't. Because if you want to wear your mask, I want to be clear. If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. It's okay. But why are you mandating other people wear a mask? Why is it your safety? It just doesn't make any sense to me. And I, it, it, it happens in the, in the, with the Stockholm Syndrome that, uh, you know, you obviously, you know, become to sympathize, right? And it's opposite of the fear or the terror or the hatred you have. You come to sympathize. And I, I realize that now Stockholm Syndrome, I don't even really know if that is a real deal anymore. So I wanted to get someone on to kind of talk about it and see if my theory was close or if it actually existed. So I tried to get a hold of several psychiatrists, and they all said, yeah, not a chance, fat man. Uh, We're not coming on the air. We don't want to talk to you. We don't even want to know what you're thinking at all. So I finally reached a guy, uh, Dr. B., who has, you know, PhD, LPCC, SNCC, NCAA. Uh, he's, got L- he's got enough letters behind his name that it just you just don't understand what they all mean. Well, at least I don't. And, uh, you know, he's a psychiatrist. He's a behavioral neuroscientist. And I, I'm, not, I'm not covering up his voice. I'm not, you know, disguising his voice, although I, I probably should. But, uh, he, you know, I'm, I'm not calling him by his real name. Okay? It's just Doc. Dr. B. Well, just know that he has these letters, you know, behind his name or ahead of his name or wherever it is, whatever. His signature has all these letters. So, Dr. B, how are you? I'm very well, Jeffy. How are you? (laughs) I'm doing fine. Thank you. And I appreciate you coming on the show today. Thank you. My Um, pleasure. My pleasure. And I apologize, you know, if I was supposed to disguise your voice, we're not. So... I apologize. Oh, no, I'm already disguising it. Okay, good, good. So anyway, <laughs> we're at, you know, we've, you've, you've seen what's happening around the mandates of masks. Oh, yeah. And the mandates for other things are coming, right? I mean, I feel like this sure. is just the groundwork being laid to be able to make people say, well, we're already doing this, so we're mm-hmm. going to walk into this. So in, where am I, how close am I to the Stockholm Syndrome? If, now, I, I also read where many of your people think it doesn't exist Mm -hmm. anymore is that true both yes and no okay so the stockholm syndrome comes from a very real phenomenon you mentioned when you were describing it of people who have an emotional connection people who are abused have an emotional connection to their abuser like a spouse or a parent or a sibling 
that is that is real. We see that it's a clinical condition. We we understand it. It's been called battered women's syndrome in the past. Right. Where Stockholm syndrome sort of got its popular name was from a bank robbery in Stockholm back in the seventies. And researchers have tried to interview people who were the actual victims of real kidnappings by strangers. And about ninety five percent of those people say, Yeah, no, we just tried to tell them we liked them because we were scared and we didn't want to get killed. Right. So they didn't actually fall into the trap. Exactly. Right. Although I have to say something that does support you remember back in the spring, there was that women's magazine that had the, the petition to make Dr. Fauci, the sexiest man alive. Yeah. yeah. That sounds like Stockholm to me. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> yes, it does. Now, is there any talk in your, you know, letter behind name circles that, uh, you know, syndromes are happening, any mental? I mean, we obviously have had reports where people, I mean, I know that, you know, people are not getting all their medications. They just, uh, that's happening. And we see that yeah. that's happening. And we see people, a lot of times I see people losing their mind about, I oh, you have to wear a mask. And I feel like those are the people that just didn't, haven't been taking their meds. Uh, you well, know, it's, it, it, it's a little bit different. So I know that I know that that's two different roads, but I I, I kind of feel like they are crossing. Well, let's let's actually back up to the first one, and then I'll answer the second one. We we are aware that something is sociologically and psychologically happening as a result of this pandemic. And if you think about the things that drive human behavior, emotions people around us, people in positions of power. This this virus and the associated lockdown um, is actually pretty unique in modern history because it arrived with fear. It was fear of physical illness, right. of getting sick, of dying. We saw it on the news constantly. Everybody was scared. It was fear sure. of the unknown. Then the government comes out and says, we're going to tell you what to do to be safe. So that's compliance with or obedience to authority. Yeah. And then as it started to spread and people started wearing masks, it becomes more of a social conformity uh, motivation. People don't want to, you know, I've got a mask. I don't think the masks really do much of anything. I've got one in my car. And if I go to a a restaurant and everybody else is wearing a mask, I'll put the mask on just because I don't want to have that fight. Right. I comply. I, right. It's fine, whatever. Right. I don't want to get into it with you. Other people see all of this happening, and they actually internalize it, or they become converts to the idea. And you see this a lot with the people who are freaking out and say, put on your mask, you're going to kill me. Right? Well, but you already have your mask. Anyway. Well, but so, and, and then other folks, in terms of this complying with social, or conforming to social situations, they don't really care one way or the other, but they want to show their boss or someone in a position of power that they are a righteous person. So it's a confluence of all of these things happening at the same time. And we also have the layer of social media, YouTube and Twitter, who are actively removing people of authority who are not parroting the same message, well, right? Um, sure. The folks from California, you had uh, Dr. Rich on uh, Mark Levin's show last night. He can't get out and talk on the news. So, yeah. That that silencing. I mean, we're driving people back into the closet. 
Right? We spent right. years of telling people, hey, come out of the closet. It's all good. And now we're driving exactly. them back in. And the problem with that is the second point that you raised. It, it is not, it's not made the mainstream yet, but since this lockdown started, psychologists, psychiatrists, my field has been watching. The re- we're still in the middle of it. The research is not done yet, but I can absolutely guarantee you the number of suicide attempts are up. The number of relapses are up. The number of severe depression cases returning are up. Feelings of isolation due to fear of losing a loved one or actually losing a loved one, losing their jobs. We see it in psychiatry all the time. Right. right? Normally, inpatient psychiatry, you kind of know who shows up. Um, these days at our institution and other institutions around the region, we're getting first-time visitors. Right, people who've not no history of psychiatric problems, and they lose a job, they're afraid of the virus, and they show up suicidal. Wow, that's really it's bad. bad. Really and just bad. just for point of, just so I can tell you here, so it's the Wellbeing Trust and Journal of Medical Journal of the American Medical Association, um, sort of have been putting out estimates of what's going to happen. And the current number is running around. We expect somewhere close to 70,000 extra suicides during this lockdown time. And that's, and that's not, I mean, that's not attempts. That's actual successful suicides. suicides. Successful suicides. Wow. They've actually done that based on what happened during the last financial crisis, as well as other, um, you know, major catastrophic events in the United States, and that's the number ballpark that we're using right now. So our department and a lot of other departments, as soon as the shutdown started, we opened telehealth. So this whole time everybody's been off work, we've actually had more work. Um, Our patient load has increased, and we're seeing people by video throughout the whole time to try to maintain some sort of um, so, I mean, first of all, I know I'm up against the clock, so yeah. I, I want to yeah. you know, wrap it up. And I appreciate it very much, Doc. Hey, my, I appreciate my it very much. I, I may end up talking to you more offline. Uh, there is opportunity for you to get help if you feel like you need help. I mean, don't just Absolutely. Don't, don't not look for help. If you feel like Absolutely. there's an issue, get help. Right. Um, and the know, best, the, let me make sure I, tell, I say this, the best place for people to look if they know they need help and they don't know where to get it is the National Alliance for Mental Illness. It's NAMI.org. They've got okay. organizations in every state. Go there. There's a lot of free resources. It's fantastic. Okay. I tur- took a turn, uh, you know, uh, different than what I had anticipated, but I, I appreciate it, Doc, because uh, I just want people to know that you should wear a mask. Wear a mask. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> You're welcome, Jeff. My pleasure. How in the world are you? Really? Good. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear it. This is Jeff Fisher in for Steve Dace and, uh, and the crew. Uh, they are off for another day. They were out celebrating. Uh, I guess they were celebrating Aaron's wedding that was months ago. So, you know, have fun. But they'll be back tomorrow. And uh, so I'm just hanging out today, filling in for Steve and the crew, and uh, here on Blaze Television and Radio Network. You can follow me on uh, social media by uh, going uh, Jeffy JFR on Twitter. 
Facebook, Instagram, and uh, Parlor are both uh, all three, actually, uh, Jeff Fisher Radio. And, of course, you can subscribe to my podcast, Chewing the Fat, uh, which is uh, today. I can't promise tomorrow. It's probably a pretty good shot. But today it's free. So just go to Chewing the Fat on whatever platform you want to use, and you can subscribe to Chewing the Fat. And then I would be grateful for that. Thank you. Appreciate it. If you want to participate in this show, it's 888-900-3393 is the phone number. And I just, uh, you know, we got uh, all kinds of things going on. I know uh, last hour we went into the mask uh, theory of my uh, Stockholm syndrome. And it kind of veered when I went down two roads and then we tried to cross them back together again. We never got to the full cross because it went into uh, this huge uh, numbers for suicide that has taken place. Just incredible numbers. And if you if you need help and even think you need help, get it. Okay, there's help out there. Uh, so I never did, you know, we finished up on the mask, and we'll get to it some other day. Maybe I'll finish it up on chewing the fat because I really do feel like we are at a, we're at a really strange place with being forced to wear masks, and now the vaccine is coming, or, you know, hopefully the vaccine is coming, and it's going, you know, we are being, it's going to be rammed down our throats literally, uh, whether we like it or not. And that, you know, I'm... <sighs> Do I want to take the vaccine? Yeah, I don't want to be sick. I, I get the flu shot. You know, I, I get that. But again, I get the flu shot. My wife doesn't. She's allergic. Now, if she can't get the vaccine, but it's mandated, and she doesn't have the uh, scarlet letter on her on her clothes saying that she got the vaccine, what happens? What happens? You know, she's going to be... Uh, one of the people that, oh, well, you don't have to get the vaccine. You're fine. Don't worry. That's fine. i sure it's mandated, but if you have conditions that make you unable to take the vaccine, you're fine. Don't worry about it. Now, sure, <laughs> you're not going to be able to shop anywhere. <laughs> We're not going to let you into the stores. <laughs> what, are you crazy? No. <laughs> uh, you know, sure, it's your choice. It's your choice not to have the vaccine or not, but, you know, we're not going to let you go anywhere. <laughs> no, 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 no. If you think, if you think for one second you're going to have Millie from down the street at your neighborhood Walmart saying, you're not wearing a mask, put a mask on. You walked down that aisle and looked my way. If you think that Millie isn't going to be screaming at you because you don't have the vaccine scarlet letter on your clothes, you are sadly mistaken. If you think the drone is shooting you for not wearing a mask, if you walk out of your house and you don't have the highlight scarlet letter on your clothes, dead. They'll just put you down right there. You'd be just like a, you'd just be like a, a, a sick dog. We'll just put you down. I mean, we are in a we are in a bad place. But be ready, you know. I showed you all the pictures that uh, my wife took from Frame Life Photography to uh, uh, all the people wearing masks and following the rules, being good citizens and keeping people safe. But I also, uh, you know, put the family together for the mask mandate or the mas- mask mug shots of the family, and I also took a family picture that I think is going to be my Christmas card. 
I think that's going to be my Christmas card this year with just maybe maybe I do another one with Christmas masks and Christmas hats or something. Don't be stealing my idea either. Don't be thinking that you can just take my idea and go with it, okay? This is just between you and me and I'm just letting you know what, you know what I'm doing. But uh I'm just thinking, oh, you know, there you go. That's the wife of the two kids and we all wearing a mask and that's our Christmas card. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. I am serious. I'm wearing a mask. I'm saving lives. You kidding me? I didn't even like my kids touching me. I didn't even like the wife touching me wearing a mask like that. That could get sick. That was ridiculous. So anyway, oh, good news. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. We can get rid of that god-awful picture. But the uh, uh, good news. I forgot. I've forgotten. What am I doing? I mean, it's, it's the RNC convention is this week. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. I mean, it's exciting, right? And it's not only three days. It's four. Oh, man. I mean, we're going to get it today, tomorrow, the next day, and the day after. I am, thank you. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be great. Great. Today, the theme is Land of Promise. Tomorrow is Land of Promise 2. No, it's Land of Opportunity. Wednesday, Land of Promise 3. Land of Heroes. And Thursday, Land of Greatness. Now, I know Thursday, they're saying that Ivanka is going to introduce her father. But if you think, for one second, that this president, President Donald Trump, is not going to speak at every one of these evenings, you are sadly mistaken. There's no way, no way that you put this convention together without without doubt. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. He's just going to go. He's going to show up every night. Ah, uh, thank you. Yeah, no, we got a couple minutes left. I got to speak for a little bit. I just want to let you know. There's no there's no way that doesn't happen. So you can count on that. I mean, there's going to be all kinds of people speaking. We can go down the list, and you can find the list, and you know, it's going to be it's going to be great. Gonna be, did I, I did say it's going to be great, right? Yeah, okay, good. Because it's going to be great. I, I can't wait for I can't wait. It is going to be interesting to see how they do it. We saw how the Democratic Convention did it last week. And uh, it was, what's the word I'm looking for? What's the word I'm looking for? Nope, that's not it. Uh, it's not terrible. It's, uh, it was uh, bad. That's the word I was looking for, bad. Uh, it was just... And it was also agonizing. It was just agonizing. And I felt like I had to watch it. I, I watched I watched the whole thing. I did. I watched the whole thing. And at the end, I, why? Why did I do? Why? I mean, it's, it's just I did, though. I did. I did. Because you know what? I did it for you, the audience here at the Blaze Network. The part of Pat's show, Pat Unleashed, you know, part of Chewing the Fat. Although I usually try to steer away from politics on Chewing the Fat because it's What's the word I'm looking for? What's the word I'm looking for? Um, no, it's not bad. It's, uh, it's uh, terrible. Terrible. That was a, as agonizing as what it is. It just drives me insane. And I, and I know that by the, you know, you, you get enough with all the other shows. So I try to, you know, steer away a little bit on chewing the fat. It's difficult. And I do. It's difficult. And some days I make a wrong turn. And I, I go that way. I know. But I try not to. Uh, but we're gonna. Every night is gonna be. Whew, it's gonna be. Whew, 
and it's going to be I, I, this is going to be interesting to see how they do it and who's how it's going to be produced and what they're going to do. I mean, we got the uh, they're going to bring in you know live you know the the, the speakers. I don't know you know it's going to. I appreciate it being live. You know, we got all the we got all the taped interviews and uh, lying people during the DNC last week. Uh, well, a couple of my favorite were the immigrants. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh! The family, where the mother brought the daughter across the river, and she's does she's not a citizen, and the daughter is there, and the daughter is handicapped, and she would do anything for her daughter. Mom can't speak English still. I mean, she loves this country so much, but she can't she can't speak English still. But that's okay, right? It doesn't matter. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> I know. I was just I was just commenting on the facts. I wasn't I wasn't making judgment at all. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want people to come to this country and learn the language. I wouldn't want that at all. <laughs> don't, 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 don't even, don't even start with me on that. I don't want that at all. So we've got, uh, I know that we have uh, Kimberly Clasick speaking tonight. I think she's speaking tonight. You can, I did an interview with her first part of last week on Monday on uh, Chewing and on my YouTube channel, Chewing the Fat, which you should subscribe to, by the way. And click the little notification bell so you know you get up updated when the the videos post. But uh, I, after her video posted last weekend, I you know I wanted to talk to her about it, and she was great. And then she went on fire, man. That video caught. I mean, I caught it just before the. If I'd have called on Tuesday, uh yeah, no, we're busy. Sorry, we we don't have time. Who? But I called on Monday, and she was like, "Yeah, you're the first one that's called. I'll talk to you." I'd call on Tuesday. <laughs> Dial tone has been gone, but uh, she's on fire. She's speaking, and we're having you know we'll have some of the you know the the regular people speak, and that's what that's what the DNC tried to do to us, right? With the with the immigrants and the little girl, the little girl that that told us how how bad things were and how Donald Trump was so horrible. She read a letter. She read a letter. This, in fact, this is her. Oh, it must have been an asteroid coming by. My name is Estella. I am 11 years old. Oh, okay. My mom is my best friend. She came to America as a teenager over 20 years ago without papers in search of a better life. Uh huh. She married my dad, who served our country as a Marine in South America, Africa, and Iraq. I might have to stop. My mom worked hard and paid taxes. Did the she? Obama administration told her she could stay. Uh, not really, but go ahead. My dad thought you would protect military families, so he voted for you in 2016, Mr. President. He says he won't vote for you again after what you did to our family. The wife of a U.S. Marine veteran was deported to Mexico. Instead of protecting us, you tore our world apart. My mom is a good person, and she's not a criminal. Oh, no. Oh, no, because we forced the family not to go with her. Oh, no, we didn't do that. The family could have gone with her. my mom is gone, and she's been taken from us for no reason at all. Yeah. Every day that passes, you deport more moms and dads. Oh, you bastard. And take them away from kids like you me. You bastard. They will begin moving them out day one. You separated thousands of children from day their one. parents, and you put them in cages. Day one. Oh, look, there's the cages. 
Some of those yeah, kids are now orphans oh, wait, no, because he didn't of you. Those. These are people. I don't want them in our country. They're animals. Day one. Mr. President, my mom is the wife of a proud American Marine yeah. and a mother of two American children. Right. They could have gone American with her. Families. We need a president who will bring people together, not tear them apart. Sincerely, Estella. Sincerely. Sincerely, Estella. Shut up. Sincerely. Okay, so just to be clear, uh, she, uh, the mother first came to the U.S. illegally in 1998, uh, lied to a U.S. border agent about her immigration status, uh, and then uh, ICE deported her. She attempted to re-enter the U.S. again by falsely claiming she was a citizen, then withdrew her application. Then a traffic stop in Florida in 2013 brought her back to ICE custody. And that's when Obama was president. Now, they confirmed that a reinstatement of removal was issued after she was rearrested in 2013. But she got a temporary stay of removal, which was granted in 2015 that prevented ICE from deporting her. And then in 2013 or 2017, bye bye. We put her on a commercial flight in 2018, get out. Now, I'm pretty sure. And I, I kind of remember the story because I love the idea of everyone complaining that they were breaking up families. No one stopped the family from going with her. I don't understand that. Just hop on the plane. Uh, I, you know, I understand. I got, I got it. But it's just a lie. It's not Trump's fault. Trump didn't. And that 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 girl during the DNC that talked about how Trump killed her dad because of coronavirus. Are you kidding me? What? No. No, I just And I don't want the RNC this week to be doing all, any kind of lies either. I just want them to you know do the truth and, and be done with it and say give us the facts and tell us what's going on and you know be don't give us any of the any of the Twitter crap. I don't want to hear any of that. I just don't want to hear the the truth. And I want I want a decent production. Now, I know that they we spent the weekend uh, getting the rose garden ready. <laughs> I mean, they spent a little bit of time, uh, Melania, uh, redoing the rose bar- garden. She took a beating, a beating on social media and uh, other media outlets all weekend long. For those of you watching on Blaze TV, you can see the progression of the work being done on the rose garden. And I mean to tell you, uh, you know, good for Melania. I mean, she's whatever. She's the first lady. She's fixing stuff. She's doing stuff the way she wants. And then, look, while I am fashion, and I believe me, I mean, I'm, I'm known. I'm known for my fashion, and I am fashion. I, I'm not, uh, you know, Mister Yard Work, uh, Mister Flower Garden, Mister Mister, uh, you know, Plant Beds. But when you look at you know the work being done. You think, oh, that, I mean, it looks like it looks like a Trump place, right? It does. It looks like, yeah, that looks like a Trump place. It's you know direct lines, kind of gaudy. You know the bushes are there. There's no big stuff. They took out the stuff. Now I don't know if they took the trees. I hope that they took the trees to some kids' playground and replanted them or something. But when you look at the before and after pictures, to me. 
while that looks pretty you see in that there that's the after i mean that that looks fine it looks like they needed some better sod maybe a little watering system going on on the sod there but you know i'm sure they you know they might be they might have could only water on tuesday and thursdays or something so maybe that was you know they couldn't get the water on so the sod will be green for the for the rnc but when you look at the before and after it does appear to me that the before it was a little better, but it's not bad. I mean, it's just it's the way it is. It's a it's a Trump rose garden now. Oh, but the beating she took! How could you destroy Jackie Kennedy's Mar- the Camelot Garden? And what are you doing? But everything else is okay, right? It's okay when when the Obamas and the Clintons and they come in and just wipe out everything and redo everything, but not Jackie Kennedy. Nobody messed with Jackie Kennedy's Rose Garden. How dare you? Well, okay. All right. Fine. You can hate her for that. But we're going to have Rose Garden stuff during the RNC. So not only are you going to get, you know, the how bad it was on its merit, you're going to get how bad it was plus they were standing in the god-awful Rose Garden that Melania just redid. And how dare she? And it's going to be that the rest of the week. So it does seem a little, uh, you know, good for her. Let her do the damn. I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's just, a, it's just some trees and some plants. No, it's not, Jeff. It's not. It's Jackie Kennedy's Rose Garden. Camelot. It's beautiful. Okay? And we can't destroy that. So there's that. Two, okay, got it. So when we start doing land of promise, land of opportunity, land of heroes, and land of greatness, and of course Wednesday night is no tomorrow night is land of opportunity with Melania Trump. Yeah, who is the you know came to this country and is now first lady, land of opportunity, but she's standing in that hideous rose garden that she got rid of. We can't have that. That cannot. That will not stand. Not Jackie Kennedy's Rose Garden. No. It's too beautiful. And again, remember I said, I think that it looked, you know, it did look better the other way around. It did look better the other way around. But, you know, what do I know? Right? I mean, eh. so do people really want to be in office that bad just to be like uh, i mean any any kind of office everybody wants to get an office and you want to you, you get we find people that have been bribed and are bribing and i mean ohio just went through that i haven't even we haven't even looked into that since they busted all those people for fraud and, and i mean is this, that's gonna be a nightmare when that starts coming out but i see where a democratic mayoral candidate sabrina belcher uh, she wanted to be uh, a mayor in South Carolina. And uh, Sabrina thought that uh, she could gain some votes by faking her own kidnapping to win votes. So there's that. She was arrested and charged with conspiracy and filing a false police report after police say she filmed herself being kidnapped and beaten up and robbed in a Facebook Live video. <laughs> just to get the sympathy vote. I mean, she wants to get in office. 
There's no question. She's going to do anything to get in office. So her boyfriend, I guess it's her boyfriend, has uh, also been arrested. Uh, she wanted people to think she was assaulted and kidnapped and beaten by an unknown man who broke car windows. and This was going to get her the sympathy vote for the mayor in Sumter, South Carolina. Now, she has not dropped out of the race yet. So it's possible that this could get her into office. If she feels like, well, you know, maybe I get the sympathy vote because I didn't, I'll do anything for the people. I want to get in office so bad, I'll do anything for the people. Okay. Maybe we go for that. Yeah, sure. We go for that, no problem. So, Sabrina, good luck. And Sumter, South Carolina, you, uh, good luck. Good luck with uh, Democratic mayoral candidate Sabrina Belcher. Because she'll do anything, anything, anything for the people. Anything for the people. So, we got uh, fires in California going on as well. Um, there's, I mean, California is literally on fire. And I'll show you some of the footage from space that's incredible. But uh, they also have rolling blackouts going on because they had power issues. So it's told that I was reading I was reading all about the the power issues and you know they use solar and wind and and then they have the the nuke plants and then they have the coal fire plants which I think there I don't even know if there's any more coal fire plants but they do borrow power from some other western states but they were told the governor who asked for an investigation last week we need an investigation on what happened to these rolling blackouts this is unacceptable well, Gov, uh, you weren't told that there were going to be issues? Because uh, it seems like now we're finding out that uh, we, we, they, we, we tried to tell them, tried to say, hey, uh, this really isn't a good thing to be counting on all this renewable energy. And they, so they, they, they had the renewable energy plan, and they got to it two years earlier than the plan was supposed to go into effect, which everyone said, yay, except for a couple people, a couple of the engineers in the back who said, um, you know, it's probably not a really good thing because, uh, you know, when people get home in the afternoons and start cranking up the power uh, after their jobs, um, that's when the solar and the wind stops. Now, maybe we, we will get some wind, and the power company actually said that the first round of rolling blackouts would almost, they almost got away with not doing them because if the wind had just stayed windy for another hour, we would have been okay. Oh, oh, that's good. And the solar power, we already know that when it, here's a surprise. I don't know if you know this or not. It's just, this is just a, look, I'm not a solar power expert. I don't profess to be an expert. I just want to let you know that when you have solar power, you put the panels out and the sun beams down and create, you know, the solar panels collect the 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 sun, the heat and the creates power, right? So then it it we get to hold it in these batteries over here for a little while and the the technology for those batteries 
really isn't up to snuff yet. They don't get to hold power that long. Okay, So when it gets dark, it already starts to lose its power. So if you're based... If you're waiting for the solar to kick in, everything is great during the day, but when it becomes nighttime, uh, it's not so great. Uh, you start losing power. And it only holds the generator. It's only hold for about two or three hours tops, and it's already lessening as time goes by. It's just incredible. And they, they, there was a couple of guys that did come out and say, no, we, we tried to tell them um, that it was going to be a problem when it became dark, but they wouldn't listen. And they also thought, don't worry about it. It'll be windy. <laughs> the wind will keep up. Don't worry about it. Well, yeah, no, except it didn't. So when when you hear the governor start, eh, we need an investigation. Yeah, you already knew, bro. There's no way you didn't know. There's no way. And now we're seeing more uh, as they try to tell us that these the wildfires are climate change caused and the footage from space from the smoke i mean there's plenty of footage of the actual fires and people driving through the fires it's just you know every time every year we have incredible footage of people dealing with these fires but the the uh the footage from space is also just as incredible you can see the smoke it really is uh, I mean that you tell me that's California on fire right there, man. Wow, look at that. Now there's like 600 fires going on right now in California, and uh, we also know that part of the problem of fighting these fires, one of the big problems is, is you know in the past we've used prisoners to go fight the fires, which. You know, I'm not opposed to. In fact, I'm okay with the chain gangs. Uh, You know, oh my gosh, there's a huge fire going on. Get the prisoners out. Now, the fire departments from all over the country send people to help. But the guys, you know, sometimes we send people in that uh, are, you know, prisoners to dig trenches, do whatever it is that they do to combat the fires. Well... What has happened in California? What has happened in California that we told them to begin with? That's probably not a good idea. We've let all kinds of prisoners out because of COVID-19. Because, <laughs> you know, we weren't thinking about the fires that happen every year. That wouldn't happen during coronavirus pandemic lockdown. What are you out of your mind? It's not good. Fires aren't going to happen. Oh, wait. Yes, yes, they are. Yes, they are. And so when you hear that it's a big surprise, yeah, there's more fires because of climate change. Yeah, that's why. Oh, there's more fires because of climate change. Really, the fires are getting bigger. I mean, I think two or three of the fires are two or three of the largest fires of all time in the top 10, for maybe even the top five of, of their biggest fires of all time. And you think, well... Why aren't we fighting them a little bit better? That's why. So climate change really doesn't affect the lack of firefighters that we used from prisons in the past since we let them all go thanks to COVID-19. We wouldn't want people in prison getting COVID-19. And look, I don't want people to get sick. 
I don't want anybody to get sick. But they're in prison. I thought being in lockdown was the best place to be. Apparently not. Apparently not. Apparently prisons were the most horrific places to be. But you should be in lockdown in your private homes. But they should not be in lockdown in their private cells. No. No, prisoners have to be let go. Okay. All right. That's what you want. Fine. No problem. So just know that, you know, sometimes when you hear things from, say, state and local leaders, it isn't always the truth. I know. I know. That's a surprise. But it is true that they don't always tell the truth. So there's that. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to the broadcast. How in the world are you? All requests Monday afternoon. I'll take the third caller at 888-900-3393. You could rip me off for... I can't say a prize because I'm not. I don't have a prize to give you. But I'll take uh, you know. I'll take the third call. Anyway, so uh, thank you to Steve Dace for uh, letting me fill in for him today. I appreciate it. He'll be back tomorrow. Don't dry your eyes. It's okay. It's, I'm only here for a day. So uh, remember, though, you, you have a task. You have a task to do. Okay. Subscribe to Chewing the Fat. That's what you need to do. So that's how it, we mobilize people. I'm mobilizing people for a movement. That's all you have to do is subscribe to Chewing the Fat. That's, what, that's all there is. Just go there and subscribe. Sure, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel, Chewing the Fat. Sure, you can follow me on social media, Jeffy JFR Twitter, or Jeff Fisher Radio, Facebook, Instagram, and Parlor. Sure, you can do all of that. But most importantly, subscribe to Chewing the Fat Podcast. Okay? Real simple. Choose a platform. Say, like, Spotify. Say, iTunes. And then subscribe to Chewing the Fat. And then, of course, you know, if they, you know, wherever they allow you to make comments and rate and review, you can do that. And you can share it with your friends. And you can tell your friends and neighbors. Like, if you're getting out of your car in the afternoon and you're home and they say, Hey, how you doing, Bill? Oh, I'm doing great. Just listen to Chewing the Fat podcast. And you can, you know, tell your friends and neighbors. But you don't have to do that right away. But first and foremost, you just need to subscribe to the podcast. That's it. And then you're, then you're good to go. You get alerted every day when the new podcast drops, and you can download it and listen to it. So as I'm coming in today, uh, one of the roads, you know, the main road that I travel on coming into Mercury Studios, it goes right by DFW, the uh, Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport. And a couple of planes are flying over. 114 today is driving in. I'm thinking, wow. Uh, I mean, are the airlines back? Because there for a while, I mean, you drive by the airport. I mean, tumbleweeds were rolling across the runways. It was it was a ghost town out there, man. Homeless people, homeless people were moving into the different the different uh, terminals at DFW. They still may be, they still may be there. I mean, I witnessed homeless people in the terminals. Well, it's this side of the of the TSA, so that's fine. You don't have to worry about it, really. Oh, okay. So I guess the homeless people here in Dallas were hopping on the trains, taking them into the, taking them into the terminals, and then just hopping off and just staying on this side of the TSA. Okay. I mean, that's a smart move. As a homeless person, 
It's a smart move. Now, if they start kicking you out of there, then you got to go across the street to the parking garages, right? Good luck staying in there. And you got to get between cars. Well, that's where you need to go is the long-term parking garages and get yourself in between cars and, you know, build yourself a little shack right in there. Yeah, just, you know, if you're a homeless person listening to the Steve Day show on Blaze TV or Blaze Radio Network or, you know, listening to Chewing the Fat, I'm just giving you some ideas. No problem. But I look on the, the turnstile report. And uh, yesterday they had 841,806 go through the turnstiles. Now that's still, I mean, a year ago, 2,493,000. So while that's up from where we were, I mean, we were down to 100,000. I mean, ghost town. In fact, the lowest, I think, was like 80-some thousand. One day was they were in the 80,000s. I mean, that was... I mean, nobody going through the turnstiles, man. And then I see a story where travelers lost more than $900,000 at U.S. airports, at checkpoints, last year. Now, so this year, that means travelers are going to lose, you know, a quarter. But $900,000 cash? I mean, that's not laptops, that's not forgetting your shoes. That's not forgetting your belt. That's not, oh, what did I do with my phone? I must have left it at the TSA. I'll just let them have it. That's not that. What did I do with my suitcase? Oh, did I Oh, did I forget that darn thing again? My carry-on suitcase? I'll just let them have it. Don't worry about it. It's just got my laptop, my phone. I mean, but 900000 cash? And it says here that they also found $19,000 in foreign currency. Wow. So $926,000 at 75 airports in the year that ended. Wow. They say uh, most of the lost money came from people emptying their pockets for security scans. So $2 million. Every day, going through the turnstiles last year, average, you know, we'll say, you know, anywhere from a million and a half to two and a half million people every day going through the TSA turnstiles gets you $926,000 in cash. That's pretty sweet. Now, the largest sums were lost at airports in New York, San Francisco, Miami, Las Vegas, and Dallas. Now, this story is based out of Pittsburgh, comes from Pittsburgh. They, it was only 5,000 they found at Pittsburgh. I would say that that's probably more. If I'm a TSA agent and I see a box, one of the little plastic Rubbermaid Tupperware tins that you put your stuff in, and there's cash in there, do I turn that into the lost and found? (laughs) Uh, The lost and found is my back pocket. Okay? Ah, did I forget to turn that in? Gosh darn it. Oh, I'll turn it in tomorrow. I'll just leave it here in my drawer at my house, and I'll remember to take it with me tomorrow. Oh, I forget. Oh, shoot. We might as well just take it with me on vacation. I mean, that's a lot of cash. It's a lot of money that people are just forgetting. I mean, $926,000, and they're saying it mostly comes from change that people take out of their pockets. Okay, almost a million bucks in change. No wonder there's a coin shortage. The TSA's got it at the lost and found. That's ridiculous. And plus, I think I found a way we could use it to get some cash. 
I just want to—I have a little idea. And now some people would call it a Jeffy scam. I would say, nope, just trying to trying to help you out here. All right. So the next time you got to go through the TSA though. Can't do it without going through the TSA because you got to because they'll have footage of you going through. Right? They'll oh, we don't have any footage of you going through. So you got to go through the TSA. So the next time you go through, make sure that you empty all your pockets. You know, sometimes if you're going through, you've already emptied them. So you just kind of pat them and you don't think about it and you go through. No, you got to make it look good. All right. Make deep, dig into your pockets and pretend like you're putting stuff in the little Rubbermaid container. You know, take your shoes off, do all that stuff to look, empty all your pockets so it's visible on screen that you're taking stuff out of your pockets. Go through the, you know, get the wand, get the rubber glove treatment, make sure every orifice is clean through the TSA. Then when you get to the other side, then when you get to the other side, just don't look in the rubber container, the rubber bait, all right? Just pick up your stuff and walk away, all right? So then you call up the TSA, the lost and found, and say, hey, I left 20000 in that rubber made box. I went through and I had twenty thousand dollars worth of cash, and uh, I left it in the Rubbermaid and I forgot it. Could you, uh, you maybe, you maybe help me out? So then, I mean, you're getting people in trouble. Then, right? They're wondering if the if the air if the airport if somebody did lose. All right, so twenty thousand might be a lot. All right, ten thousand. So you say ten thousand. If somebody did lose ten thousand, you know, it's yours. And if somebody and if they didn't. They're thinking somebody at the TSA stole it. So you're getting them in trouble. And they believe me. I'm not opposed to getting some of those TSA agents in trouble. Just, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. It's just a joke. But it's just an idea. It's an idea of how to make a couple of bucks. Times are tough. I know that. People are looking for ways to make extra cash. Just trying to help you out. I'm just trying to help. You're welcome. You're trying to welcome. I know people have been, they just busted the guy up in, uh, up in Minnesota for getting $840,000 in COVID relief? I mean, okay. So he's got some tree-cutting business that he lost his business license for, and he applies for the Paycheck Protection Program, and he lies about uh, you know, how, how, many customer, how many employees he has, and it gets denied. So then he changes his name and reapplies, and uh, he got the money. And so then they, you know, he's buying new motorcycles and golfing and spending all kinds of money. And the people are like, hey, uh, what's going on? And so, uh, you know, they came knocking after they came, they came knocking after him. They sooner or later, the government catches up with you. Right. I mean, just like the guy that cashed the social security payments since 1977, $458,000 worth of Social Security checks. So his dead aunt. <laughs> so she dies in 1971. Right? She had filled out the paperwork for Social Security, and then she dies in 71. Now, in 77, they say, hey, uh, we just got your uh, paperwork, and uh, here's your Social Security check. Delayed release, but we got it for you in 1977. All right. So <laughs> the nephew says, instead of 
hello, hey, you guys sent me a wrong check. Uh, you want to stop payment? He says, you know, I'll just cash it, and nobody will know. So this has been going on since 1977. At what point, if you're him, do you say, I mean, I got to stop, right? I got to stop. 10 years? 20 years? 30 years? After after 25, you're like, they're never going to catch me, right? He's 76 now. He's like, I'm just, you know, I'm just going to continue to cash him. So... What happens is he gets a government pandemic check of 1200 bucks, gets sent to him, and he cashes that. And that red flags the other checks. They're like, hey, you know, that person's dead. We shouldn't have sent her one of the, one of the pandemic $1,200 checks. And then some other guy went, hey... What about all these checks that have been being cashed since 1977 for 400 and what was the grand total? $58,000. We need to go stop in and have a talk. And he's 76 now. And he, uh, when asked, when asked about it, (laughs) he, he said, uh, yeah, it's a long story. You know what happened was, well, she passed. And yeah, I've been collecting her Social Security. <laughs> yeah, it's a long story. You know what happened was, she passed. I just been cashing the checks. I mean, he's seventy six. At seventy six. He's like, go oh, ahead, yeah, throw me in jail. I'll sit, I'll sit in jail. Yeah, you know, sorry. I've been cashing him for since 1977. That is incredible, man. Just incredible. I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I under, I, I do understand wanting to cash those checks coming to you because they're in your hand and they're right there. And even if they're a different name, <laughs> like your aunt's name, you think, ah, nobody will know. I mean, what are they sending me this for six years after she's dead? They want me to cash it. I mean, that's your, that's your mindset, right? But no. No, they, 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 they don't. They don't want you to cash it. And sooner or later, they catch up. No question. So I know we're coming up against the clock. I, 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 we could talk about TikTok. No, nah, I don't want to talk about TikTok. I don't care about TikTok. We're wrapping up today. We can talk about I know they had the DC fandom all weekend uh, going on. People all happy and clamoring about the new DC fandom all weekend. They had the new Batman trailer show up, and uh, everybody's all excited about uh, the new Batman trailer. So well, let's take a look and see what you think of the new Batman trailer from the DC fandom this weekend. Excuse me. Oh, wait, that's the trailer. From your secret friend. Who? 
play a game, just me and you. Any of this mean anything to you? Open the four million dollars. The theaters are happy to be back. I guess they're happy. Uh, Russell Crowe, uh, that trailer. I don't have time to show you that trailer, but I did. I, I watched it. I watched the one trailer he posted on his Twitter, which was just a short one. And then you watch the whole trailer. It looks good, and it looks really good. And you know, obviously, the theaters are back, and they're opening up, and they want you to come and see new movies. And I'm going to watch it. You know, I'm a Russell Crowe fan, but uh, it looks like a modern day falling down. You remember the Falling Down movie with Michael Douglas? And he, uh, you know, he goes crazy and starts uh, because he can't get his McDonald's breakfast after 11. It looks like uh, Russell is a little upset because some lady won't say she's sorry. And so he loses his mind. So it's a modern day Falling Down. He probably would not like my review of that. So we'll just pretend like i didn't say it okay hey thanks for uh thanks for hanging around today on the steve day show i'll see you on chewing the fat you're listening to steve dace on the blaze radio network